Good morning and welcome. Thank you for tuning in to Bat Talk with Sharona. We're back. I'm your host. My name is Sharona. We are back from hiatus. I won't promise that we're going to do a weekly show, although we're going to try. I want to give a shout out to my guest today, Robin Mundy, who um, kind of nudged me to do this podcast and the uh, as always, I'm thankful to her, thankful to have her in my life. But we are back. We're going to talk about the Buffalo Bills. They're very interesting offseason uh, with the recent firing of, of Doug Whaley and the trashing of their entire scouting department. Interesting times in the scouting world. We're going to talk about that. We'll take a spin around the division, around the AFC East, and talk about what teams did in the division, get her thoughts on that. And then we're going to finish up with a discussion on the current state of the media, ESPN laying off approximately 100 people, interesting names there, some long-standing fixtures in sports media, got the acts. It's interesting that ESPN, quote, air quotes, I'm doing air quotes, laid off so many people who had who still had time remaining on their contracts. I find that fascinating. We'll get Robin's thoughts on that, and we'll just have a little roundtable between the two of us about what's going on in the media and what it's like to be a woman in the media, and just some some observations about that. So I'm excited to have Robin on. If you um, are just now joining us, if you're new to the podcast, you can follow the podcast now at Podbean. Um, one of the reasons, I, I suppose, one of the excuses for why it took so long to come back from hiatus is technology is changing so much. And um, you know, I knew I needed to join Podbean and get on Stitcher, some of the newer um, interfaces that people now use with their podcasts. And, um, you know, we're so technologically friendly here uh, that I just, you know, it's like, I've got to do all of this and to do these things. But I do enjoy it, and I do appreciate everyone who has touched base with me during the time that we were off and expressed their, their wishes that we come back. And so we are back. I'm going to try to be a lot better, to be more... Um, to to do more of a regular schedule. Once a week seems to be where we're probably going to end up. And we're going to try and keep things a little bit shorter, 45 minutes to an hour. That's the most that we're going to try to do here. We'll go an hour today with Robin, and hopefully um, we'll be able to fit everything in. Robin and I do like to talk, and so uh, hopefully we can fit everything in in an hour. But, you know, that's kind of where we are, and um, you can follow, by the way. You can find out what's going on with me. You can follow me on Twitter at Sports by Sharona. You can follow pretty much all of my happenings on the website, Back Talk with Sharona. You can check that out. I participated in an autograph for Inside the Pylon. You can see the the selections that I made for the Tennessee Titans and the Carolina Panthers see how um, my 
wish list for those teams stack up stacked up against what they did. So we'll take another quick break. When we come back, Robin Mundy's going to join me. Robin is our Bills correspondent. If you want to know what's going on with the Buffalo Bills and get some quality thoughts about them, Robin is your source. So stay tuned in. You are listening to Bat Talk with Sharona. The Bills have a great shout song, Robin. Thanks for joining me. Oh, well, thank you for inviting me, and thanks for letting me launch you back into business. <laughs> well, I needed to nudge my buddy, Zach Law, who I do a Wednesday night show with. By the way, you can catch us on Going for Two later this evening, starting at 8 p.m. Eastern Time. Now, that's a web show, and so you have to put up with my ugly mug on, on it. On this podcast, all you have to do is listen to my whiny voice. But um, So he's been pushing me, and some other people have been pushing me. Um, but you, you know, having you on, that's kind of the, that's all of the encouragement and that's the carrot that I needed. So what's up with your bills? Fill us in, give us all the skinny on how things went down and then we'll talk about how you feel about it. Well, adding to the bills and and anybody that lives in Western New York knows this, but if there are other folks out there that may may or may not be aware, the Pagulas who own the Buffalo Bills also own the National Hockey League Buffalo Sabres. And in addition to firing Doug Whaley, uh, they fired their general manager and coach for the Sabres as well. So I'm I'm leading with that because things are very busy at Google Sports and Entertainment these days. Very busy. So with that being said, um, the news came out, and it, it was kind of interesting that there were a lot of people that, that that kind of buckled up when Doug the announcement came out that Doug Whaley was fired, which was like at mm-hmm. 6.30 in the morning on Sunday. Yeah. And there were some people that were kind of, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, surprised that they at the timing and that they wondered why he wasn't fired earlier. Mm. Well, the reason for that is because if you fire somebody, they take all that information with them and can share it with other clubs. Scott, is it McLaughlin? Is that how you say his last Mm -hmm. name from the Redskins? He was fired um, by Washington in January, I believe. And he, he walked away with a lot of data. And the scouting yeah. department, as you mentioned earlier, that, that we're going to talk about that was relieved of their duties, um, mm-hmm. you don't release people before a draft. You release them afterwards. Mm-hmm. And so that's why uh, they chose the time that they did. Did it make it awkward? Because I'm sure they all knew ahead of time it was coming. Uh, it probably was a very awkward draft room, I would bet, this year. Yeah, um, I bet it was awkward. And, you know, it's interesting, mm-hmm. and I'm glad that you brought that up because it was something that I had intended to to touch upon. It, it is weird. There's never really any good time to fire somebody, right? I mean, it, it's always going to be an awkward situation. It's never an ideal situation when you least 
lose faith in someone and you want to shove them out the door. And I've gone back and forth on how I feel about the timing of these things. Because, I mean, obviously, if you've got a guy, whether it's your head scout or your general manager or whatever, that you don't trust in your process, you you know, you you should move on. I mean, that if that trust relationship is gone. But on the other hand, why would you keep someone around to participate in that process if you don't trust them? And, you know, and if it, it then, so I don't know. I mean, it's not, I don't think there is an ideal situation here. And I do wonder, you know, how awkward it was and how things went mm-hmm. went on with with all of that but I woke up Sunday to you know the news had already leaked out and and all of that and I I like on a personal level I like Doug Whaley and you wrote a fascinating article by the way that I want to ask you about and some other people in 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 the Bills media had had talked about this too and it's how uncomfortable Doug Whaley was, you know, speaking with the media and speaking before a crowd. And I just wonder, it made me wonder how his communication skills were in general, you know, with other people and and what, you know, that, what impact that had to do with his job performance. Well, yeah. And, and the problem is that I think there was a commingling of of the issues in terms of his communic his direct communication skills, um, public speaking has never been his strength, mm-hmm. and you could see that from the very first press conference he ever had when he was named general manager and onward. Um, I think he looked ill at ease, to you know, and sometimes downright uncomfortable. Uh, I think that he was a person who had difficulty responding to a barrage of adversarial questions. And sometimes people go into, the best way I can describe it is kind of a mental paralysis when when someone confronts them, okay? You know, when Mm -hmm. somebody is asking them a heated question and they're put on the spot and they don't know how to respond for whatever reason, okay? You can postulate a million reasons why he didn't know what was going on. Um, and couldn't answer questions in his press conference in January that everybody keeps talking about. The Mm -hmm. bottom line is he was extremely ill-prepared. And for that, I'm going to be straight up and tell you, that falls on the people who are responsible for making sure that people are ready to speak to the media. Mm -hmm. And that would probably fall on the vice president of communications and Oddly enough, the vice president of communications was replaced. Uh, oh, yeah. after, okay. Wow. You know, Sean, Sean McDermott was named um, head coach. And then yeah. magically, you know, yeah, this is, this is what happened. Um, and so moving forward, they brought in a PR person, I believe, from the Philadelphia Eagles, Derek um, mm. Boyko, um, to take over for – uh, the vice president of communications and things have changed 
you know, in, mm-hmm. in that regard, you know, the, the way things are done um, in, re- with respect to the media, et cetera, et cetera, you can see that there's, you know, that there, this is evolving. But my point is that Doug Whaley, you know, he, for, for all of the ineptitude that people want to talk about with respect to the draft, okay, I'm right there with you. However, where I felt like it kind of crossed the line was when I would see, hear, read um, people making fun of him. And mm-hmm. it, I kind of related to it, I think, on a personal level because I'm, I'm a highly introverted person. And I think, because I've never met him, but I think from everything I've seen of Doug Whaley, I think he's fairly introverted as well. Mm-hmm. And I can understand, you know, why he responded the way that he did. Yeah. And I, I, I just, I guess I'm, I, I guess I have an issue with why go after the man because he's, his communication skills need some work. You know, go after yeah. him for the substantive stuff. But, you know, the other stuff, leave it alone. I can relate to, I, it's weird because I, go through spells where I'm extremely introverted. Um, but I'm also extroverted at times. And I don't know, you're the expert here, um, so maybe you can diagnose me or whatever. But, <laughs> you know, uh, and I think back, and this is something that I've thought about a lot because I think back, was extremely introverted as a child. And um, mm-hmm. book reader um, was very... You know, because I was a late in life child and was so much younger than my siblings, um, I was mostly around adults, you know, and mm-hmm. um, so it was, you know, going to school and and becoming more social was an interesting experience for me because, you know, I did spend most of my time, you know, with either with books or with adults. And so, and I think that that's kind of been a theme that I've seen, you know, throughout my life, but, um, you know, maybe that is a thing that that you can be at times, you know, one way or the other, but I, I think that, my natural state of being, if that makes any sense at all, is is more of an introvert. And it's kind of shown itself more lately. <clears throat> Guys, I apologize. My allergies are on con like three right now. <laughs> Robin got to hear me sneeze about 50 times before we started the show. So I'm a little drippy and icky this morning. I apologize in advance. My throat's a little hoarse. But, you know, I think that um, being an introvert is kind of my more natural state of being, if that makes any sense. And I've exhibited that here lately with my social media habits. And I will talk, we're going to talk about this more in our media segment when we get you know, toward the end. And I'm more of a look, lurker and really kind of watching and, and uh, studying, so to speak. But yeah, it is interesting with Doug Whaley, and and I do think that those things were were certainly an issue. But what is inescapable is that 
the drafts have not been very good and mm-hmm. the decision making has raised some questions and it was <clears throat> it's been fascinating to watch the Bills handle the Sammy Watkins situation and now, you know, they're not going to pick up his option year. That, to me, is just simply incredible when you consider how much they gave up to go out and get him in the draft. That's right. That's right. Can I back up the train just a bit? Sure. I have a, I have a response for you about not really understanding um, whether you're an introvert or an extrovert. Oh, great. Those yeah. Yeah, for, for those of you folks that, that are interested in this kind of stuff, there there's some really good literature out there now about um, the characterization of what we call ambiverts, okay, A-M-B-E-V-E-R-T, ambivert, which refers to just exactly what Sharona gave a beautiful example of in terms of these are folks who flip switches. Okay, so under some circumstances, you're going to behave in a certain way. In other circumstances, you may behave in a different way. And the term ambivert is a fairly recently concocted term, but it it beautifully describes what you just said. So that's what you are. (laughs) You're an ambivert. I'm going to add that um, to my profile, to my social media profile. I just... I just updated yeah. my social media profile, by the way, um, to include some descriptors that I think are particularly appropriate to today's show. I um, I added that I was a uh, an, an opinion haver and a non-stick to sportser. So we do yeah. not stick to sports here at Back Talk. No, I never have, never will. Yeah. This, is, this is what I love because the discussion can evolve. You can start from one point and evolve to however, wherever you want to end up. And yeah. the good thing is, um, is that somehow along the way we get out, you know, we get out what we want to say. Yeah. And it may not be in a left brain kind of way, um, <laughs> but that's just how we work. I, I'm right there with you because I'm very right brained and it's, and your your conversations make total sense to me. So uh, let me just I go think, on the record saying I think that's why we connected so immediately and so completely. It's because that we do yeah. a lot of times we do think a lot. Now we don't always agree and that's good too. Yes. I I enjoy people who, you know, don't always agree with me and who are willing to to have those discussions with me that explore the reasons why we disagree and um it, and it's interesting we we're going to maybe bleed over a little bit into our media segment but it's fascinating to me to see who will have those conversations with you and how how people respond to a woman who will disagree mm-hmm. with you and, and you know, want to have those discussions. And I'm going to tell a story later on, but I don't want to get into that. I want to stick with Doug Whaley and the Bills right now. So um, how would you – I hate to put you on the spot like this. I know that we both do like <laughs> Doug Whaley on a personal level. How would you – I don't want to say grade because I don't like – I really – grades are – how would you assess? Maybe it's a better way to ask it. How would you assess? 
Doug Whaley's tenure as the Buffalo Bills general manager? Nick. Okay. Um, I, I think one of the things that, that troubles me too, and I talk a lot about this, is binary thinking. Mm-hmm. And we tend to get into that where something is either all good or all bad. Yeah. Um, and I think truly there, you know, there are mixed, you know, there are mixed reasons for almost any situation that, you know, you want to talk about, but absolutely. Doug Whaley, Doug Whaley made some good decisions, um, did some good things in my opinion uh, but he also made, you know, in my opinion, he made some boneheaded moves, you know, given two number one picks for, you know, Sammy Watkins plus a fourth rounder, yeah. I think it was, um, you know, that was in a, a draft. steep so prize to pay. Yeah. Yeah, it really was. Now, somebody on Twitter, and I, I wish I could remember who it was, made a comment that, you know, we got that, pat, you know, we got that pick back. Thank you, Coach McDermott. Because uh-huh. we traded down in the first round, we, listen to me, but I'm a Bills homer, so it's no yeah. secret. <laughs> There's okay. nothing wrong with that. Yeah, yeah, I've never claimed to be, like, objective about them whatsoever. Um, they they traded down and they got their number one pick back. So, I'm, you know, I'm... I'm down with some of the stuff that, that Whaley did. Some of it was a head-scratcher for sure. Um, his drafting, you know, there's there are two players left, for, or, and there's no players left, I think, from the 2013 draft, but there's only a couple of players left in the last several drafts. So, you know, that part of it is has, has to be questionable. And for mm-hmm. that, you have to look at your scouting department. I mean, that makes total sense yeah. to me that it was time to turn over the scouting department. Mm-hmm. And some people, and I, I just want to add this thought, some people that I'm seeing uh, that, you know, I follow on Twitter um, are concerned about Sean McDermott being given too much power. I'm very and concerned about it. That. Yeah. You know, a lot of people are concerned about it. I I think that's a very reasonable concern. Let me preface that. It's a very reasonable concern. However, sometimes you got to go by the seat of your pants. And if you really feel like you struck gold in terms of the right person to right the ship, then it can happen. We've been out of the playoffs for 17 years. So if we go through another coaching cycle again, like what big deal is that, right? I'm sorry, Robin. I just have to laugh at that. Yeah. Oh, you have to. But, you know, I mean, it is the bottom line. I I tell people, it's like, well, what's so awful about failing again when you fail? When you're on your ninth (laughs) head coach since 2009. Yeah. Yeah. Are there any names? are there any Go names ahead. in the mix for for GM that you particularly like or or don't like? Well, you know the the big talk is of course that McDermott wants to bring in um, I can't think of his name the assistant general manager for the Panthers and Bean he's, I think his I name think is he's, yeah that's right and, and Kevin Bean is that his name Yep Yep for the he's going to be interviewing definitely for the job. The other guy again is the um, former general manager of Washington, um, Scott McLaughlin. I would be mm-hmm. really. I think he got such guy. a raw deal. I think he got such a raw deal in, in Washington and really my heart just breaks for the man. I, I'm sure that 
he's made mistakes. We all make mistakes. We're human. But he just mm-hmm. really, uh, I just, uh, that whole situation was you know, awful. It is. It, it was awful. And, and I will say this, I think, um, and I'm just going to say it because of my own professional background, but I'm appalled, to be honest with you, that that he would be fired um, because of a disease and, you know, we're only surmising. Well, that's that very because, much against the law, by the way. <laughs> well, yeah. And, and, and the bottom so line throw is that out can, right. I mean, nobody may be able to make that direct connection, but to me, the bottom line is, you know, wow, if he had a heart disease or some other kind of, you know, illness, mm-hmm. is that how we would treat somebody? Oh, you know, I can't even go there. So, you know, we just seem to we seem to be living in an age where we don't consider that. And uh, I I think back and, uh, you know, I hate to give Clay Travis any sort of publicity because my opinion of him could not sink any lower. Um, You know, the whole the the Tack McKinley thing and what he had to say about, you know, Tack McKinley is just a prime example. I mean, what kind of morally lacking person does what he did you know we've seen the death of decency and empathy and you know any sort I just I I keep wanting to bleed into our media segment but I just really am I mean am am I sounding like get off my lawn I don't know I just I'm so concerned about it's a lack of compassion you know, we've evolved into a way where there is a there is a real scarcity of compassion going around these days, mm-hmm. and it's so easy to judge and to make fun of, and you know, to point fingers at. And I I I find that you know emotionally sad for my you know for myself. You know, I'm I'll be 62 years old this year, so I'm I'm an old fart. And been around for a while, and I'll tell you what it's it's been a while since I've seen this level. This Sixty is the new thirty. You're not old. <laughs> Please no. Um, happy to be sixty plus and rah rah. But anyway, bottom line is, you know, I I think there is a genuine lack of compassion that that's kind of uh, pervasive. Um, I, th- in- I think there's also a genuine lack of appreciation for, I don't want to say elder statesmen, and we we really are bleeding into our media segment and what what we're going to talk about in there. Um, real quick, let's go. Let, let's talk about the the bills draft, and then we'll talk about the AFC East. Just real quick, because I do want to get to our media segment. I feel like you and I have. Yeah some good thoughts on it. Hopefully, <laughs> hopefully okay. I can put together a good thought. I know Robin has good thoughts and will articulate them well. Me, probably not as much. I, I liked what the Bills did. I know a lot of people <clears throat> weren't especially happy. Sorry, I hope I don't lose my voice. I know a lot of people weren't especially happy with the Deion Dawkins pick, which was really, I think, one of my favorite selections. How do you feel about their draft? Love it. And here's the thing, and if if you all are interested in this, I wrote an article um, for Bill's Wire the other day on how Sean McDermott really, and it was his draft, as we now know, 
uh, how he really stuck to his principles. Every single one of these draft picks was a four-year player. Every one of them played in more than 40 games. Every one of them is, when you look at their academic, you know, background, et cetera, et cetera, the only player that had any kind of a character blemish was Dion Dawkins, and that was getting involved in a, a brawl at a, you know, at a bar, and the charges mm-hmm. were dropped. And, he, and even at that, um, Coach McDermott said, you know what, we investigated that thoroughly. So this guy is detailed in terms of, you know, McDermott, he, he did a very – he did something that the Bills haven't done in years, and that is they actually affected the draft rather than, than being a recipient of whatever happened to them. They were aggressive. They were strategic. They were tactical. Moving up and down, you know, some people were pissed, excuse my French, some people were angry that they, you know, they gave up some draft picks to maneuver around the boards. But McDermott seems to know exactly who he wants, and he's willing to pay, the, you know, a certain price to get there. I'm fine with mm-hmm. it. This is an, you know, this draft we'll know in a few years. But I think, I, I think it was a good draft. I think it was a good draft too. I, I really liked it. The Nate Peterman selection was fascinating to me Uh, we're going to take a quick break when we come back we're going to take our spin around the AFC East talk about their draft selections and then we'll move on to our media segment so stay tuned in you are listening to Bat Talk with Sharona Welcome back. Thanks for listening to Bat Talk with Sharona. I'm your host. My name is Sharona. I'm talking with Robin Mundy of the Bills Wire, Buffalo Bills fan base. I'll let her tell you all the numerous places she can find you and where she can find you can find her on social media. Always such a pleasure to talk to to Robin. And it's fun being back. Um, I, you know, it's Yay. been yeah, it's fun being back. Yeah, I had to get that one in there. So I thought the division had a great draft, Robin. Um, Jump on in here with your thoughts on that and and also tell everybody where they can find you and find your work. And before we get out of here, we'll let you tell them again. Okay, well, first of all, you can find me on Twitter at Robin, R-O-B-Y-N, Mundy, M-U-N-D-Y, Y-O, W-Y-O at the end. Robin Mundy Wyo. That's where you can find me on Twitter. Bill's Wire. I have articles. I'm a contributing um, author there. And that is at Bill's Wire, B I L L S W I R E dot USA Today dot com. And I am also the editor in chief of the most wonderful Bill's Mafia. And you can find me at buffalofamface.org. That's B-U-F-F-A-L-O-F-A-M. Yeah, I knew I'd mess that up. 
BASE.org. So check it out and let's roll. As far as this draft in the AFC East, you know, this is this is a smart division in terms of drafting. Um, the Miami Dolphins teams, had a great draft. They didn't have a ton yeah. of draft picks. Um, they did very, very well. I, I, I'm very excited about about their draft. Yeah, and New England always, you know, they're they're cunning. They always have a lot of picks. They always move around the board. Um, they always end up, you know, getting what they want or, you know, getting more draft picks. That's, you know, that's just how Bill Belichick operates. And no, it's so funny all- and it's weird because uh, I write for Inside the Pylon as well, and we have a Slack channel many sub channels in, in, in Slack. And, um, you you know, I'm not shy about voicing my opinion. And so, (laughs) you know, we'll be talking about something. And the most recent example that comes to mind is, do you draft a quarterback every year? How often do you take a developmental quarterback? And so, you know, I'll share my opinion and inevitably someone will come in and say, you know, you know, who else, does it that way and it's the Patriots and Bill Belichick and I talk a lot about on this podcast about the respect that I have for Bill Belichick and so it's like no I did not know that but okay you know I mean there there's certainly worse mm-hmm. people to be compared to <laughs> so <laughs> you know but yeah I mean the the Patriots only had three draft selections the Patriots mm-hmm. are an example in that sense of how I view what you should do. Uh, they are a great example of a team that lets the draft come to them, that lets free agency come to them, that, you know, looks at like the Bills making the RFA offer to um, their running, uh, his name escapes me, the running back that they just lost to the Patriots. Oh, Mike, Mike Gillisley. Mike Gillisley. I probably would have mispronounced mm-hmm. his name anyway. So, so yeah, you know, um, it's interesting to watch how they operate and 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 what they do. If you had, and let's real briefly let, let's talk about the Jets. Let me pull them up here. Um, Jamal Adams, you know, such a great player. Oh, yeah. Uh, it's, the thing that surprised know, me the very most about the Jets is that they didn't quarterback. Yeah. Um, well, I was. Yeah dumbfounded by that but whatever they must feel they have what they're looking for where they're at or they're going to you know just well, kind they of had cruise four for quarterbacks year. last year so you know I guess they're going to give maybe give Christian Hackenberg um, an opportunity they've got Bryce Petty I believe yep he, yeah I mean they've got you know what are you going to do I mean the Jets are an interesting team I really really like Todd Bowles um, will mm-hmm. they ever be not dysfunctional, a, a functional yeah. team? I don't know. Um, outside of Jamal Adams, I, I'm sort of iffy on on their draft. We talked about the Dolphins. We talked about the Bills. Um, if you had to rank the draft in the division in terms of top to bottom, how would you rank it? Well, that's a good question, and I'm – shocked to say because it's not been the case for many many years but I think the Bills had the best draft I do too. 
And, yeah. uh, you know, of course I'm a homer and I'm going to say that, but, but I really do think this time they had, the, they had the best draft. I, think I would go Bills, I would go Bills, Patriots, I'm going to Bills, Dolphins, Patriots, Jets. Yeah, that works. That works. Because I, I do think the Dolphins had an excellent draft. Adam Gase, I think, is, is he's going to turn out to be uh, a great coach, I think. And he's evolving this team rapidly to the kind of players he wants. And they're all kind of coming together. And we'll see where, you know, we'll see where it goes. But I, I think the Dolphins had an excellent draft. Again, my, my issue with the Jets, has more to do with, I, I guess I was just surprised that they didn't draft a quarterback um, because they're, you know, they're, they're gambling a lot on whoever they're going to be starting. And, you know, if they're not that concerned about making a playoff push this year, then maybe that's fine. But mm-hmm. otherwise I'm, I'm highly suspicious. And like you, um, I really like Todd Bowles. And it very well could be that they have their eye on somebody for 20, from the 2018 draft. You know, who knows? Uh, you know, I that that was a mystery to me. It so was, that's the only reason I was last in the division. Yeah, it, it was fascinating watching the discussion surrounding this year's crop of quarterbacks, and of course the Bears giving so much to to move up and get their oh. guy in Mitchell Trubisky. <laughs> Be sure to call him Mitchell. Um, right. We'll see how that turns out. You know, uh, it. If you don't have a quarterback, you're, yeah, you're, you're an interesting, and you know, sort of dire straits. You know, I'm Team Tyrod. It. Uh, I'm curious to see what happens with his situation in Buffalo. How do you think Sean McDermott views Tyrod Taylor? I think he's open-minded. I think this this is a perfect situation. I'm delighted that it turned out the way that it did because Tyrod, Tyrod has many, many wonderful aspects that make him exceptional at his job. Mm-hmm. There are some things he needs to clean up, you know, his short and intermediate game, you know, that yeah. kind of stuff. He, but you're going to have that with the young guy. People yeah. forget, and I know that yeah. he's been in the league for a while, but he hasn't been a starter for that right. long it's right. yeah yeah and I think he's going to be fine but, but this is kind of what they're doing with Sammy Watkins too if you think about it they're they're saying okay you guys we're going to support you you go out in the field and, and, and you show us this year why we should keep you long term yeah and I'm down with that Okay, and some people know, you know, this bleeds into Sammy Watkins, but it, it's true. You know, his his fifth-year option was not picked up, and, and I'm reading all these people whining all over the media about it, like, oh, how stupid is Buffalo for not doing that? Well, maybe they know a lot more than we do about his medical. And for anybody well, that's his medical interested, have to be concerning, yeah. You know, well, for anybody that's interested, I have pinned to the top of my Twitter page an article I wrote probably six months ago about mm-hmm. the complications that can happen when you have inframedullary screw fixation. Mm-hmm. In other words, they, they put metal in your foot. Mm-hmm. And some people just don't tolerate having metal in their feet. 
And wide receivers put a lot well, of I'm often hurting just feet. thinking about it. Eat. Yes. You know, so my point is that, you know, maybe the bills are being strategic for a change and not willing to overspend like they have so many times in the past for people that they have question marks about. Mm -hmm. Tyrod does need to produce this year. I mean, he does Mm -hmm. need to be a more effective short and intermediate passer. He needs to be more effective at that. He needs to be more effective in the middle of the field than he has been in the past. So pay him. You know, this is good. And on Mm -hmm. top of it all, they draft Nathan Peterman from Pitt, Mm -hmm. who if you don't have a chance today, make sure you do at some point. Go on the Buffalo Bills website and look at the Bills today. Um, They have a video of it's it's trick shots done. It's It's kind of like the old video that was done by Alex Tanney. Um, some years ago. These are trick shots Who's done by Nathan Peterman. Currently on the Titans. Uh, oh, my He's God. on the Titans so, roster. Yeah. You know, they still think they can develop him. Now, if I'm not mistaken, Tanny was like Division three or Division two. I don't think he was a Division one quarterback, but <clears throat> Peterman is. And, wow, all I can say is I really like his accuracy. And I, I told my – I told my Nate Peterman story on our Inside the Pylon Fantasy Football wrap-up show. I won't repeat it here. You can check that out. Uh, was yeah. on the Vols, was on the Tennessee Volunteers roster for um, for a while, and made the what was what for him was the right decision to to transfer and move on, and you know. He, you want everyone, I want everyone to be successful, mostly everyone to be successful. It's very rare that I run across um, an animal that, I'm, I already mentioned a name, that um, because of the, you know, what they do, you're not thrilled about successfulness. But, you know, for for most of these young guys, it, they're easy to pull for and, and, and root for and, you know, but it's competitions everywhere. Great way to segue into mm-hmm. our media segment. You know, it's 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 a competitive world. Um, the job market for a lot of industries, not just media, but a lot of other industries too, is undergoing rapid change. Um, it reminds me of Jurassic Park, rapid and chaotic and unpredictable. Life will find a way to adapt to, um, you know, new technology, new thinking and, and what have you. But, um, you know, when if one person succeeds, a lot of times that means someone else, you know, someone else is going to um, lose their job, have to move on somewhere else. And, you know, it's it's kind of the nature of the beast. Well, it certainly is. And, and I'll bleed right into this, too. Um, I think that we're at a crossroads. This, this firing of all these people from ESPN, um, it really underscores the industry that is in creative destruction. Mm-hmm. And by that, yeah. it's evolving rapidly. And you brought it up, Sharona. It has to do with technology in cars. 
Um, you and I can now have a conversation that a whole lot of people can listen to. Mm-hmm. Um, these are all things that we never even thought about, you know, 20, 30 years ago. So mm-hmm. they're, you know, we're rapidly putting out a lot of product and we're in the same way. And I can understand this um, mm-hmm. wreaking havoc with the professional, the profession yeah. of journalism. Yeah. I do see journalists under siege these days and mm-hmm. it, breaks my heart because it's a noble profession. Mm-hmm. And what happens sometimes is I think the average public forgets that there's a tremendous difference between bloggers and professional journalists, you know, and so, in, in and all Sometimes and in some ways. Yeah, let's take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to wrap up with our media segment. So stay tuned. You're listening to Bat Talk with Sharona. All right, we're back. Thanks for listening to Bat Talk with Sharona. I am your host. My name is Sharona. You can follow me out there in the Twitter sphere, Sports by Sharona. I'm talking with Robin Mundy of um, Bills Wire, the Buffalo, um, the Bills Mafia. She's She wears many hats. Um, yeah. I'm happy to have her as a friend and as someone who's willing to, to donate her time to come on this podcast. You were talking about this before we took a quick break, Robin. It is very interesting times in the media, and it's not just sports media, but media in general. Um, A lot of what I see is very concerning to me. We've talked on this podcast a lot, particularly when it came to the election and some of the shenanigans that went down with the election. I fear that we are continuing to live in a downward spiral of dumbing down the dumbing down of discourse the dumbing down of of the, of media the dumbing down of a lot of things and you can feel free to disagree, disagree with me robin by the way but that no, is I concerning totally me. agree with you <laughs> no i am on that train my friend um we absolutely have dummy down and in that vein it kind of goes along with what I was was alluding to before the break um and I want to I do I want to make some distinctions between because I am one um bloggers and professional journalists and we see this with other professions it's not just the profession of journalism it's you know the nursing profession it's you know, every every profession, everywhere you go now, you look and you see that they are under siege in one, one form or another and for one reason or another. And the bottom mm-hmm. line is because we've gotten, we've evolved into a dummy down culture. Mm-hmm. We want things fast now. Give me 200 words instead of a thousand word article on a subject because people don't want to read a thousand words. Mm-hmm. Okay, you know, I mean, this is this is where this is kind of where we've gone, and mm-hmm. you know, I I see the benefit of it. I participate in it, 
one thing I absolutely love are these podcasts because it gives you a chance to really get into the nitty-gritty of your own point of view. Sometimes the written word that isn't able to convey tone and sarcasm, (laughs) self-deprecation, a lot of emotions that um, you're channeling when you – write or say something or tweet something, say something in Slack or whatever, and self-deprecation. And I think that that is, is sort of lost in, in in the written word. But it, it does, podcasting does give you freedom that you wouldn't otherwise have. And, and, and so I do, once again, want to thank you for nudging me <laughs> back into Yay. the the. the the podcasting sphere, so to speak, and, yeah. and and for doing this, it's one of the more fascinating things to me. Is and and you mentioned I can't remember if we were on the air or off at that point, but we were talking about Ed Werder in particular, and he has like mm-hmm. two years left on his contract with ESPN, and he was still, you know, let go. Told he was being let go, and but they're going to honor his contract. That's odd to me. I mean, I can see both good and bad with that. You know what it says to me, Sharona, is that perhaps, and this certainly isn't finger pointing in any direction, I'm just speaking from what could be their point of view. And by they, I mean ESPN and Disney who owns them. Uh Um, they, for whatever reason, have picked up on and understand they need to downsize, number one, but also they need to wipe their slate clean. They're in crisis mode. That's what this says to me. They're in crisis oh, mode. Absolutely. At you know, because they're losing business, and I see comments about this all over my Twitter feed. You know, people are sick to death about talking about politics on ESPN, it turned a lot of people off. And so now you're going to have, you've got the NFL network, you've got the NHL network, and, you know, ESPN is is losing some of its shine. And where it's going next, I think they're, this is just my opinion, but I think their strategic Mm -hmm. plan is, oh, we just have to do this now. We can't wait another two years, you know, Mm -hmm. until people's contracts expire we need to change this lineup now. That's what it mm-hmm. says to me. Yeah, you know, I, I I see that a lot. I don't think politics had as big of an impact as some people seem to think mm-hmm. because, you know, they definitely kept some talent that, I mean, first take is still there, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, I think – the bottom line is that ESPN invested in technology that at a time when it looked good, but if you were paying attention at the time that they made these latest deals, I was like, well, I'm afraid that they've overextended themselves because I mean, I, I'm a huge gamer, first of all. And um, I was watching the trend the trend now is more towards streaming and I, and I knew what my own personal habits were in that I didn't want to pay 
$200 a month anymore to get this huge cable package because cable TV is shit. Okay? It is. I mean, it's complete and utter garbage. And I was having to pay $200 a month to get literally two cable networks, Um, Mm -hmm. you know, to be able to watch sports and, you know, maybe to be able to watch FX or, you know, HBO. I have, fortunately, I have HBO now. I can stream anything I want from HBO, and and I suspect we're going to see more of a move to that. But they just overextended themselves on broadcast rights. And well, they did, and they paid a pretty, pretty, pretty penny for yeah. you know college football and and that sort of thing. And yeah. if you pay attention to this in terms of like the quarterly reports that Disney puts out, uh-huh. they have hinted toward this for a long time in terms of you know streamlining ESPN and doing things differently. You know, uh-huh. this is this has been in the works by the parent company for quite a while. Yeah. So, and and they didn't. They may not have moved fast enough, and and that's surprising for Disney, mm-hmm. um, in terms of oh, they absolutely, they absolutely did not move fast enough, and uh, it, you know, sometimes it and just think, in, in in corporate America things just sometimes do move slowly. I, I think too when you're looking at these long term contracts, it's well, we want to honor this agreement, and but we mm-hmm. think this guy's going to be fine, and he'll get another job. And at that point, you know, we the contract issue goes away. He'll be, but will he get another job? And that's, you know, the second part of this. You know, there are a large number of talents out there now who are looking for jobs, and what does that do? You know, I mean, it makes. It makes it even more. It was already competitive. It makes it even more competitive than you know than the super duper competitiveness that it was before. I promise to tell this story. I want to tell it. You know, it's and yeah, I said that um, as an introvert <clears throat> at times, and really very much so right now. I, I sit and I'll, I'll watch just lurk on social media and watch, you know, the the whole competitive nature and how the the layoffs went down. And it really has me thinking about being a woman in the media and what that means. And I want to tell this story. Robin may have a story to tell, too, real quick. We only have about five minutes left. I was watching a Twitter conversation between two men in, um, in the business, and it was uh, heated. <laughs> is the best word to come up with um, on the spur of the moment. It was a very heated discussion that ultimately evolved into personal insults. And I'm watching that and I'm thinking how different it is to be a woman with an opinion who is, isn't shy about sharing it. And And when you ask a simple question or you know, pose a thought that challenges a man's opinion on social media, the response that you get, you know, two men can literally meet in Temecula on Twitter and go at each other and walk away and everything's fine. It just 
be a woman and challenge a man's opinion and see what you get. It's it's a very interesting difference. And um, I'm sorry. No, I was just chuckling because that is so it's so true. Um, and I go back way back into the when I was in high school in terms of um, being a sports fan and, and a football fan, a Bills fan. And I fought at the dinner table every Sunday when our family would get together and have dinner, Sunday dinner. Um, all the male cousins and people would talk football, and I would try to enter the conversation, and, oh, I got told in no uncertain terms, go back to the kitchen where you belong. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, that's, that, that's how things, you know, rolled in those days. Mm-hmm. And yet, if somebody were to say to me, oh, gee, you know, in another 50 years from now or 40 years from now, you know, this is how things are going to be for women in sports. Whew. We've come some ways, but boy, in some ways, we haven't come very far at all. Um, so true. Yeah, it's it's, it's know, definitely so true. Lie. Oh, yeah. It's you know, it can be downright hard to be mm-hmm. a woman on social media with an opinion. Um, and anybody that knows me or follows me on Twitter knows that I'm not afraid to share my opinion. <laughs> um, and. That's just how I roll, you know, mm-hmm. that's, that's, that's how I roll. And my view is, and I think that's what we all have to get to as women in, on social media who are involved in, in interested in sports, to just keep going. Yep. Just keep going. You know, don't let your feelings get hurt no. because that's just the way the world you is have to right have- now. You have to have thick skin. There, there's no question whatsoever, but that you have to have thick skin. But you know what? You also mm-hmm. just have to keep telling yourself that you cannot play small. You know, you can't. Exactly. You cannot play small. The world may not want to hear that women are important and strong and have opinions. And hey, they may may want may want to voice them and you might not always like the way in in which they voice them, but it's important to listen to them. You know, you know, maybe those that maybe that's not popular, but it's important. Um, Robin, it's such a pleasure. We're, we're, we're running out of time. Once again, tell everybody out there where they can find you and find your work. Ah, thank you. You can find me on Twitter at Robin. R-O-B-Y-N-M-U-N-D-Y, capital letters W-Y-O. At Billswire, you can find me at billswire.usatoday.com. And on Bill's Mafia blog, buffalofamfase.org. That's B-U-F-F-A-L-O-F-A-M-B-A-S-E.org. And that's where I'm at. All right. It was great chatting with you. You can find me on Twitter, Sports by Sharona. Follow the website, Bat Talk with Sharona. Check me out tonight on Going for Two with Zach Law, 8 p.m. Thanks for listening. Have a great Wednesday. Happy Hump Day. We'll be back next week, so stay tuned in. You've been listening to Bat Talk with Sharona.